morning truth. What is this? There are many misconceptions about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Some view the Holy Spirit as this mystical, unexplainable force. Some want to challenge that the Holy Spirit is a power source, similar to electricity, for lack of a better word, that gives you a tingling feeling controlled by God, but not fully a being in itself. Then others want to suggest that the Holy Spirit is just another name for Jesus in spirit form. Neither of these ideas line up with what the Bible actually says about the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as an entity within itself, a being who has been present with the Father and the Son since before time began. The fact that the Holy Spirit is God is clearly seen in many scriptures, including Acts 5, 3 through 4. And in the verses, Peter confronts Ananias as to why he lied to the Holy Spirit. And then he tells him that he had not just lied to men, but to God. It is a clear declaration that lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. And then in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, we see the omniscience characteristic of the Holy Spirit as it identifies the Holy Spirit as connected to God, but clearly separate. The scripture reads, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is indeed a divine being because it alone possesses a mind, emotions, and a will. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. And last but certainly not least, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The three members of the Trinity show up together yet distinct at Jesus' baptism. As Jesus comes up from the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove while the voice of God is heard from heaven saying that he is pleased with his beloved son. As Jesus neared the end of his earthly ministry, he began to prepare his disciples for his departure. Christ's closest followers had been with him for three years. Their lives were so intertwined with his that the idea of the Lord leaving them was deeply troubling. Knowing they would feel his absence, like a child might experience the loss of his parents, Jesus promised the disciples in John 14 and 18 that I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Greek word orphanus means fatherless children. It derives from a root term meaning to be alone, to be deprived. In ancient biblical culture, orphans were among the most vulnerable people. 
According to Israel's social structure, the father or male head of the household was responsible for guarding and protecting the family members. Orphans were left with no one to care or provide for them. This morning, I want to assure you that it may seem that you're alone. It may seem that everyone has left you, that there is no one in your corner. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not an orphan. You will never be alone. You will never be without someone in your corner because Jesus has made provisions for your care through the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul clearly taught that we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, the scripture declares, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation for all those who believe. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Let me be very clear. As believers, it is important that you understand that the receiving of and indwelling of the Holy Spirit occurs at the moment of salvation, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, the filling of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing process throughout our Christian life. The evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit is the exaltation of the last characteristic listed in Galatians 5 as a fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is the change in our character that comes about because of the Holy Spirit's work in us. See, we do not become Christians on our own and we cannot grow in our faith and convictions on our own. In Philippians 2 and 13, it says, it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Every good thing we do is the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. One of the proofs of God working in our lives is our ability to control our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our reactions. 1 Timothy 1 and 5 reads, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And what is ignited in us as believers that steers us to keep our hearts pure, our conscience good, and our faith sincere is the Holy Spirit. To the skeptics this morning, I say this. If what dwells in me 
that keeps me from going off the deep end, that bridles my tongue and keeps me from reacting unseemly to the people and the turmoil in this world. If it is not the Holy Spirit, then tell me, what is this? Because whatever it is, it sure keeps me, it comforts me, and it has befriended me. Remember, when you start your day with truth, blessings throughout the remainder of the day is inevitable. It makes me love all 